Welcome to the House Church Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's message by Pastor Stephen Sexton. If you would like to know more about the House Church, please visit our website at welcometothehouse.com or download the House app. Last week, if you were not here, we started a, our first part on Marriage Matters. And I would just encourage you to uh, get, get our podcast. You can, we have an app on Google Play and iTunes. You can download that app and all of our services, all of our podcasts are on there. You can also know all of our events and things that are coming up. So I would encourage you to go back because what we did is we set kind of a biblical framework on what God's intention for marriage is. And so I'm going to kind of just be building off of that. So uh, I'd like you to go there and it's kind of like starting a season, you know, into in, in the second season and you miss the first season. Go back and listen to that and really dive into that. But I think we're going to do a good job kind of continuing on what we've talked about. Uh, I want to get to two scripture verses and then we're going to move right into uh, our conversation today. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 22 Proverbs 18.22 says, He who finds a, a, a wife finds a good thing. Come on, all the ladies. Uh, you know, and obtains favor from the Lord. You know, I, 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 and I'm just going to throw a little caveat to all uh, of our singles. Uh, I'm just going to throw out something. Uh, like I said in our first um, meeting about marriage matters. There are some people with a gift that are going to be single and that is God's given gift and they require, uh, I mean, that is their lane to help build the church and to build the kingdom of God. Okay. So, so I get that. Uh, but there are some that have a desire to, to be married. And, um, I, I think that a lot of times because we are Christian, we tend to think that God, if we just pray that poof, it'll, it'll just happen. But the Bible just said, if a man finds, uh, finds. Now I don't, I, you know, I don't find anything without looking for it. And so I'm just going to say that, uh, that, that I think sometimes Christians make it too hard uh, to enter into relationship because the Bible clearly says here, a man that finds, a wife finds a good thing. And so all I want to do is just to kind of throw that thought out there to you uh, is that God has something for all of us, but there is our part to play in that. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 9 and 10 says that two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor for if they fall one will lift up his companion but woe to him who is alone when he falls for he has no one to help him up. Come on that's one of the major reasons that we do life group is because you will find yourself in some adversity, you will find yourself in some adversity. And, and let's just be real honest. We come here Sunday morning because it is a, a change in perspective. That There is always and there always needs to be a place where the Word of God can be preached because we need to hear it. 
We need to hear it. Come on, that's good. We need to hear the word, and we need to be, because this, this word is different than CNN. This word is different than Fox News. This word is different. So we've got to hear because our culture is always pushing us toward one way or the other, and we've got to hear the word because we've got to line up with the word. All of our relationships are affected by how we line up the word. Every relationship that we have. So it's important for us that we not do life alone. I don't, I'm sure that when you were young, you uh, did the knock-knock jokes. Come on. Knock-knock. Come on, good job. It's kind of a classic joke. And, and many times uh, there's like a, a riddle or some, some fun little anecdote, little joke at the end. But come on, for those of us that are married... Come on, that knock-knock who's there, sometimes that who's there lasts a long time because the person that you thought you were getting, come on, after a little while of knowing their personality, after a little while of knowing kind of some things that are going on, you thought it was A when really it was much deeper of an A. Does that make sense? You thought it was, I know exactly who it is. Knock-knock who's there. I know. Oh my, I did did not know you know what I'm saying and we're not talking about evil or bad we're just talking about discovering who each other are um, it, it's amazing that no matter how long you dated or how long you've been together there is something still that you need to learn about your mate for Katie and I we dated for three years before we got married we just celebrated 15 years last month and, and when we started to date she had the top four. Come on. She was beautiful, smart. She was lighthearted. And she laughed at everything that I said. Okay? Okay? I don't know if you have lists. I don't know if you had a list. I don't know. But those were my four. Those were big for me. She, beautiful, smart, lighthearted, laughed at everything that I said. And then when she looked at me, obviously handsome, you know. I don't know why that part was funny. Uh, <laughs> a, 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 established. I was established. I, 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 come on, I had had a job more than three months, somebody. Uh, I ain't going there. You know what I'm saying? I was established. I was consistent. I was pretty much the same every single day. And I had some wisdom. And so when she looked at me, handsome, established, consistent, wise. But you know what? There were other things that we did not know. And we thought, we have found the top four. This is it. We're going to be, it's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. Life is going to work. But then there were other personality issues, little quirks, little, little, little quirks, personality things that the, the top four didn't really cover. Top four didn't really cover. And, 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 I, and we didn't know that even those, those top four were present, that wasn't enough to cultivate a great marriage. There's a little old saying that says, before marriage, opposites attract, but after marriage, opposites attack. <laughs> My assignment today is treasure the gift. Treasure the gift for, for any with relationships or mar for marriage or any type of relationship to thrive. It all starts with who's leading. It all starts with who, who's leading. And let's face it, love is not enough. And I know that some of you who are deeply romantic, you're deeply like every, every flower 
everything that you see, for me to say love is not enough, it's like heresy. (laughs) Heresy. But let's face it, love is not enough. And I know that sounds crazy, but most marriages are built on a sole foundation of love. And every movie, every song, makes love the focus, and it promotes feelings over facts. Don't get me wrong, love is huge. It's important, it's vital, but love alone is not enough because the fact is we are all imperfect. We're all imperfect. We all have backgrounds and issues and personalities. And at time, guess what? Our actions make us hard to love. To love. But one thing that I think is phenomenal about God is that he will take imperfect people and make a perfect match. See, the reality is when everything is built off of this notion of love or feeling, obviously you have, for marriages to thrive, love is a huge component. So I'm not diminishing that. But if you base it out of that, then you've based it on a feeling, and love is a choice. It is not a feeling. It's a choice. To treasure the gift that we've been given, we've got to recognize its value. Marriage matters And we've got to place value on the right part, on the right part. The first thing that I want to give us today, when we're talking about marriage matters, I've got two things that will help, two keys that will help us treasure the gift that God has given us. The first is this, we've got to value Jesus as the head. We've got to value Jesus' head. Jesus is the foundation upon which everything is built. The world, our church, our lives, even our marriages. There is no foundation that will be firm and no cornerstone that is sure without Jesus. Everything in the Bible says is shifting sand. Colossians 1.17 says, And he is before all things, and in him all things are held together. And so I, I've got this, and, I, and we're just going to have to excuse us because I'm moving from uh, one program to the other. But I, I want to show you this PowerPoint. One day I was thinking about marriage, and we were in the middle of doing four or five just pre-marriage counseling. And I was trying to describe to um, this, this married couple, this soon-to-be married couple, this engaged couple, the importance of keeping Jesus the head. Because I think that all Christians understand that, but here's the thing, everybody, everything flows from what's the head. So here's the thing, is who is love? The Bible teaches us that God is. So if we have a love problem, we really have a God problem. Does this make sense? If God is love and I'm supposed to be like God, then here's the thing. When I don't love, then my God is too small. And so if we want to have relationships that work, I'm going to throw just a lot of thoughts up here and and kind of direct us. And then I'm going to move and and I just want us to get a picture of this. We all have a king. There is a king in our life for a believer. Prayerfully, hopefully, that is King Jesus. 
But here's the deal. If self is king, if finances are king, if money is king, it doesn't matter what is king, but everything that is king produces fruit. And so whatever is first will produce after its kind. The Bible tells us that everything in here produces after its kind. A dog does not create a rabbit. Do you understand that? I know somebody's blowing your mind. Just, okay? You're not going to produce a, a, a gerbil. Everything, the Bible tells us that everything produces after its own kind. So whatever is the head is what we'll see produced. Does that make sense? Okay? So when we meet people. Whatever is at the top produces a heart, a message, and a kingdom. Everything. It, it moves our heart toward this. It moves our heart to this. Everything has a message. And now we are a society where activism and this, and you can always know whatever's first will produce a heart, a message. It, this is what I talk. This is what I say. This is what I say. So if hurt is our king, then the message will be pain. Does this make sense? Whatever is king, and it will produce a kingdom of bondage, hurt, jealousy, insecurity, freedom. It doesn't matter what it is, but this is how life works. Okay, so let's think about this. A heart, we're either a taker or we're a giver. Okay, that comes from who the king is. We're either, it's, the message is about you or the message is about others. The kingdom, we will either be led into bondage or we will be led into freedom. Now, let's think about this. Whoever is the king, now think about, if the king is different than Jesus, it, we will become a taker, everything will be about us, and it will lead us into bondage. Does this make sense? If it's Jesus, then... What, here's the, what we need to understand is, if it is taker, you bondage, and you fall in love, guess who you just fell in love with? Because the Bible says that everything produces after it's so like attracts like. That's how it is. Like attracts like. And so here I found myself trying to counsel, and I needed to be, and I believe that God is a restorer. I believe that God is a restorer of everything broken. And, and I'm going to give you a verse on that in just a second. But I found myself needing to go back here and go, hold on. God can restore a marriage, but if we're in the wrong heart, we got to get the heart right. we gotta, we got to walk through some healing. we got to walk through some things because you, you will choose where you've been. Psalms 107 verse 2 says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. That he has redeemed me. The Lord has redeemed me from my enemy. Here's the deal. There is nobody here that, that has been marginalized. God can redeem you. God can change you. God can free you. God can heal you. God can do something fantastic and free in your life. What I'm telling you is you've not blown it too much. God can redeem you. But you will have to go back and change the king. And if you do... Guess what you become? You become a giver. You, it becomes about others. It becomes about freedom. And then when you choose, this makes sense. The choice is different. And so, whoa, okay, that's it. Praise God. That, that's not it. That's just the beginning. 
Then comes who you married, the work of marriage, wisdom and learning, and how you win. And ultimately, if we're going to get to winning, then what happens is there's a lot that we have to do. Because here's the deal. God gave you a gift. Come on, but you've got to take care of that gift. And what, what, so what does that look like? Well, I'm going to talk about the who here in just a second. But think about this. And I'm just giving you things to think about. Everybody has a background. Everybody has a personality. Everybody has love languages. Everybody, how they process. For work. Come on, you gotta, you got to learn your mate. you you got to learn tools on communication, how to communicate, how to connect, how to do. Yeah, we, we, there's a lot of tools to learn. Uh, two becoming one, the Bible made it sound like it was like, like so easy. While it's true, when we cut covenant, we're instantly two become one under God. But then you've got to work out the flesh of that for a long time. Wisdom? Come on. How many in marriage... You know, you know it, but I know this really bothers her, but for some reason, I do it. Come on. I know this really bothers him, but for some reason, I do it. Well, we all want to win in marriage, but if we're going to win in marriage, then we've got to, op- come on, is this, is this, are you hearing me? Look at this. We get rid of excuses. We do what works. I know it's crazy. Just do what works. We, become to be, we begin to be vulnerable. Vulnerable. What's going on in you? What's the fear? What's the hang-up? What's the habit? What's the issue? What is between us? We will always, as a married couple or even as a believer, we will always have to deal with what's between us and God, and then we will always need to deal with what's between us and our mate. And there will always be stuff. Concerns at work, business, health, job, issue, kids, having kids, getting the kids out of here. You know, it doesn't matter what it is. There will always be something that tries to stay between you winning. We think about winning. Winning is where love is present. Winning is where there's friendship. Winning, winning is when there's peace. Winning is when I want to dream and I'm thinking about my future together. And so I I say all of this, not because I want to go into all of this. Um, At some point in time, we'll do marriage conference seminar or something like that. And we'll go into more things than this. But here's what I want you to see. If you're going to win in marriage, it all comes from the king. It all comes from the king. And this is how we do it. Listen, does God love or does God hate? Does God control or does he lead? Is God freedom or is he bondage? The best way for us to treasure the gift that we've been given is to build and let Jesus, the contractor, build. Come on, our life. Is this good? This is how it works. And I realize You may be sitting here today and go, I wanted that. That's exactly what I wanted. And I get it. You know, what we love about God is that he gives us free will. And sometimes what hurts the most is free will. And that's the truth. But here's the thing. Just because... Someone did not do it right does not mean when there is alignment and agreement that this doesn't work. It works. 
This is how to do it. As we move through, talking about how marriage matters, I want to spend some time talking about the next. So the first thing is we, we value the king. We value God. We, we value him as first. But the second is we value who who they are, who our spouse is. There is a value on who we've married. Now, let's talk about this. In order to produce a great marriage, we have to start with who is our partner? Who, who are we married to? Marriage, for it to flourish, we have to accept who they are and know that God brought them to this union because we needed, come on, them. Back all of us have a, a, a backstory, a, a history for Katie and I. We, we were both had strong moms and a little input from our dads. Both. She was the third child. Third child. And, and so, come on, have you read about the third child? The third child wants to be heard. Wants to, I want to be heard. Anybody have a third child? Listen, I was adopted from a foster home. I was the first child. She wanted to be heard. I had something to prove. Now we're married. <laughs> Listen, we're just talking for, for uh, backgrounds of us. Her, in her view of money and my view of money was totally different. She believed you save everything. You only buy when it's like oxygen. You only buy when it's necessities. She told me one time we were dating and, and I was like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm going to get a, a Coke or something like that. And she's like, oh, and I was like, oh, she was like, I I've never really had a Coke with my meal. I'm like, girl, let me save you. You know, I'm like, I'm like, I'm coming. You know, I, I mean, it, was, it was amazing when, when we when we started dating. She, had, she told me, I've never spent more than $20 on a dress. $20 on a dress? I mean, I had a sister. I know how much she spent on dresses. She's like, I never really spent more than $20 on a dress. I'm like, what? Our view of money was totally different. I was like, spin, baby. You know what I'm saying? Money makes you feel good. I'm like, I grew up in ducktails. You know what I'm saying? Well, we're swimming in it. We're swimming. It's exciting. And she's like, money is a tool for the kingdom. It should be saved and used sparingly. I'm like, money's for fun. You know? I mean, I remember when we started dating, the first couple dates we went on, I was like, sit her down. I'm going to get you an appetizer. We're going to get a main entree. I'm going to get you a dessert. And she, every time something more came to the table, she was like, oh, mm. oh we're going to eat all this? <laughs> I remember the first time we were dating, she was like, do you want to share? I was like, I'm grown. <laughs> I don't eat off the kitty menu. I don't share. I'm an American. I eat half of it and throw it away. I mean, what are you talking about? Share? What's wrong with you? And so, but while we were dating, I was so excited. Ooh, oh, man, dessert. Oh, I'm, I don't know if I can eat anymore. But then after we got married... Come on, before marriage it was exciting, after marriage it was a sin. We don't need to do that. We don't need... You were all like, oh, okay, I'll marry you when appetizers were coming, but now, you know, I mean... Listen, while we were dating, 
Listen, and it wasn't, it wasn't wrong. It was just we had two different backgrounds. You know, every time we've bought something new in our home, honestly, generally, it's been my idea. And every time we bought something new, she was like, huh. I'm like, it's a drawer. I promise we have six people in the house. We'll use it for something. And then, on, and then there's been times when I'm like, I'm going into a gas station. I see all the colors. And she's like, you don't need anything. Okay. She's like, back into the car. Do not spend a dime. Sit down. Okay. And so here's what happened is her background and my background, the first year of marriage was like, you're doing it wrong. You're not enjoying life. And her mind, you're doing it wrong. We're going to be poor. You know what I mean? But, but, but together, does it make sense? You know, her, her view, when I, I grew up, my view of medicine and her view of medicine were totally different. This is not good or bad. She grew up a little bit more alternative. And so I grew up with like, I went to the doctor like every single day. You understand what I'm saying? I had asthma. I had shots. I went all the time. I went for everything. Oh, a sniffle. <laughs> antibiotic. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I, like, we, we, I never remember a time when we all didn't just share antibiotics. We just have them. What are you talking about? <laughs> You're sick? No, just come over. We'll give you whatever you need. You're just going to be fine. Oh, I'm, I'm a little sick. Just come, yeah, yeah, just come over. We, they, they, we didn't finish ours. You know, and, and, so, and so I remember the first time I got sick. Okay, now granted, I had been working in the ministry four or five times a year. I was totally sick all the time. Laryngitis, coughing, sick, deathly ill. I, I never saw her sick ever. Okay, so the first time that I'm having a little fever and we're married, she's like, oh, you don't feel good. I'm like, that's right. Call the doctor. She's over at the sink whipping something up. I'm like, okay, Dr. Quinn, medicine woman, take me to the doctor. I need a shot. I need a I need something. And so here's the deal. Because of her involved in my life. I started taking these things called vitamins. I stopped being sick. You know what I'm saying? And, and so wh what I'm telling you is we all have backgrounds. Katie was homeschooled. I was public school. Okay? Homeschool. So she grew up a little, little naive, a little protected, a little, little, little sheltered. Okay? I grew up cunning, savvy, manip you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I was like, I knew the street, baby. You know what I'm saying? I mean, and so here we, here we get married. My sense of humor is um, like I would, uh, something I would like to call developed. And she was just kind of, she was kind of just getting there. But the, but the reality is her purity was way farther than mine. And so now we're coming together, and every time I say something, you know, I, I told a story a couple weeks ago about cheating in a spades. She would have never, I'm talking about, never. And here's what happened. 
My character, because of our background, my character has gone to another level. There are now things that I won't do and things I won't, places I won't go and, and things I don't watch and things I, not, beca- not because I'm under the law, but because I see the value of it, come on somebody, in her, her life. When, when we got married, I, I, I did not understand introvert and extrovert. Okay, she, my wife is an introvert. So she's thinking all the time. Now, I don't know that. You know what I'm saying? I'm thinking everything's silent. I'm thinking, well, what's the... She's thinking all the time. And so when she brings me a conversation, she's been thinking about it for six months. <laughs> me? I'm extrovert, baby. The first time you heard it was the first time I heard it. You know what I'm mean? <laughs> I'm kind of throwing it out there and seeing what fits. <laughs> And so I remember the first year we were married. We're going to do this. And she's like, okay, we'll start packing. You know what I mean? And we're going to go here. Okay, okay, okay. And so she's calling her friend. We're moving. And I'm like, no, not for like 15 years. I'm just talking. And she's like, every time I said something, she's like, okay. And I'd keep her jerked up for the first year because she, I'm talking about it. And in her mind, when she talks, it's like, I thought about it. I'm like, I haven't. <laughs> Katie never really got in trouble as a child. I mean, really, I mean, honestly, she never really got in trouble. She told me one story of her dad. She, she got in trouble. Her dad took her to the room and was getting ready to spank her and shut the door and said, okay, you need to pretend to cry. <laughs> and she never got a spanking. She never got a spank. She was never... this. She was, I married someone who was never in trouble, okay? <laughs> Me, on the other hand, I got spanked by everybody. You know, I, I was in trouble every single day. I was the kid that people were just snatching and, and beating. You know, I mean, I mean, it just, uh, like people knew my, my butt rather than my face. I mean, I just, I'm just, and so when we started to have conflict, she was like, this is so awkward for me, I've, I've, I've been perfect most of my life, and, and now I've married you. And, and for some weird reason, I, I'm, you don't like what I've done? And I'm like, and then she would come to me and go, hey, I really don't like this. I'm like, I know, because I grew up disappointing like everybody. And so when she would come and tell me something, I'm like, yeah, take a number. I'm jacked. I already know it. And so my, my point is, some of you are like, wow. <laughs> my, my, I, I, my point is this, that if we're not careful, we will think that it is demonic, demon, or a terrible match, when really it's just different backgrounds. And a lot of times... I mean, I was trained for 18 years to start where I was. And she was trained for 18 years to start where she was. And just because you walk down the aisle and you say, I do, does not mean you erase the 18 years or the 25 years of training. And when you, when we enter into marriage, come on, we've got to retrain ourselves. We've got to retrain, because the reality is, I was trained, come on, listen to this, based on what my parents approved. You were trained mostly 
on what your parents approved. So you were under some sort of authority and leadership, right? That's why the Bible says you have to leave, you have to cleave, but then you have to start again, and now we are going to create us. I'm not erasing all the great things that happened in her life. She's not erasing all the great things that happened in my life. But now we are coming together and through brokenness and strengths, we are going to create something, come on, new. That's what God tells us to do. You know, I want to tell you that if you're going to stay married for the long haul, you're going to have to have a lot of forgiveness. Colossians 3.13 says, Bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, you must also do. You must also do. Listen. We have to recognize that God has given us a gift. And so I want to give you just a couple points underneath this. The first is we got to live confidently. You got to live confidently. Everyone brings something to the marriage. You have a part to play. Your background does not just perpetuate brokenness. Your background is exactly what the other person needs to see success happen in their life. You are valuable. You are valuable. We've got to live confidently. I am in Christ. I am a new creation. And while you may not understand me, that never goes to my value. We're going to have to work out communication. We're going to have to work out conversation. We're going to have to work out what you mean when you say X, Y, Z. Because I have no idea. You, you, you know what I'm saying? I walk straight lines. You walk squiggle lines. I mean, the reality is, you know, we all have processes. But in that, listen, there is value on your life. And I think that a lot of times what happens is because we take our life and we try to fit it into what other people want us to be, we begin to have labels on our life. And and let me tell you, a healthy marriage is going to be the one... Your mate is going to put a label on you because everything is emotional. But I'm going to tell you this. A great marriage will see that and take it off and go, you know what? I was wrong there. I need to take that off of you. I need to repent there. You're not like that. You know what? I see you growing and I got to see you because I know who the king is. And so I'm going to treat you like the love of the father. Does that make sense? And so because our first instinct in, in a, a personal deep relationship is to push back. But I want to tell you, avoid the labels. Listen, I learned this and it changed my life. Different is not weird. And a lot of times in marriages, well, you're so weird. What's wrong with you? Why do you think that way? You're so weird. Different is not weird it's just come on come on say it with me it's just different one of you is an introvert one of you is an extrovert one one of you you have different spiritual gifts you have different personalities listen we have to come from the premise that we are all equal 
And we all have the same intrinsic value. We have different roles and we process differently. But God has given you, come on, a gift and you have what you need. We have what you need. We have to accept our spouse for who they are. God made them. Probably one of the scariest stories that I have ever heard is we were listening to this, this man and he was teaching on marriage and he had had this conversation. Uh, and he was, had just got done ending this counseling. This couple had been married for like 15, 16 years and they were having some real marital issues. So they both came in and they began to talk. And um, it came out that she felt like I needed to change all of these things to, to make him happy. And what happened was that he was frustrated because she was not what he married. And so he was saying, you've lost your fun, you've lost your joy, you've lost your laugh, you've lost all of these things, you've lost it. And here's the thing, is the marriage counselor was sitting down and he was like, so you're saying she's lost all this, this, and this, and this, and that. Yeah, 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 she's not, she's not the same. She's changed, she's not the same woman. And the reality is it came about that he said, you're right, because you were the one that changed her. And the truth of the matter is, Katie is in my life and I'm in her life to help grow godly characteristics in our life. But if we change our mate to be like us, then they will not be the thing that we were attracted to. And we've got to do a good job. Come on, listen, they may never be as organized as you. Can you live with that? They, mean, they, may never, they may leave their shoes out forever. Can you live with that? I got about four or five more. <laughs> you know, the truth of the matter is, can you just love them and, and realize that, you know, and, and I have to remind myself all the time, you know what? God made me a certain way. God made her a certain way. And, and she calms me. I, if, if, she, if I get her running like me, dear Lord, there ain't no help for our family. You just know. Here is my thing. Treasure the gift. God has put you two together so that when you fall, you would have someone to pick you up. But if something is always wrong with the gift, you will take it back. Do you hear what I'm saying? And for us, if Jesus is the king, I never see Jesus take someone and say, I no longer want them. That's not him. And so I would, married, not married, here's the thing. Is Jesus the head? Because every healthy thing out of your life will flow out of who's first. Because here's the thing, if he's first, you will bear good fruit. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message ministered to you. 
feel free to let us know on the Connect tab of the House Church app. We hope you have a great week.